so I, I wanted to put that um, at the outset because now I'm going to talk about the actual, what the definition of records actually is. So we have public records, which is anything but those three things that I mentioned. And then uh, what is, okay, that's a public record, so what's a record? And yes, the law does define it that much in detail. So a record is defined as any information, regardless of its physical form or characteristics, that documents a transaction or activity of an agency and that is created, received, or retained pursuant to law or in connection with an activity of the agency. And so that's anything that's paper, electronic, uh, maps, letters, photographs, books, tapes, film, or sound recordings, data processed or image processed information. So it's a lot of stuff, but the legislature at least did narrow it for us a little bit. Um, it has to be related to a transaction or activity of an agency. So your typical, hey, how's it going? You know, those types of emails, not necessarily a public record because it doesn't really have anything to do with the agency business, all right? So um, when we talk about records, there's even another subset of records that I, that there's lingo out there that you'll probably hear if you ever contact us regarding the right to know request. And that is when we talk about responsive records, exempt records, and then non-responsive records. So when you receive a request, when your right to know officer would receive an, a request, they are obligated under the right to know law to conduct a search. And that's a step I think that gets missed a lot. Um, and you can get in trouble if there's an appeal if you don't take that step to actually conduct a search. <coughs> so, you know, right to an officer gets a request. You think, right to an officer, oh, I know exactly what they're asking for, um, and we don't have it. Okay, well, did you, <coughs> did you look? You're obligated to check. And what you will hopefully find or not find is a pool of responsive records that relate in some way to that, what the subject matter of that request was. Um, and we call that pool of records the responsive records. And a lot of times, you may not even realize that you have responsive records out there because you didn't conduct a search. And so that's one of the things um, when I work with rights and officers, I'm training them all the time. Well, at least go through the motions of, tr of trying to find responsive records. Um, and I'll get to why that's important when I talk about appeals. So we have this subset called responsive records. All right, that's the pool of documents. That doesn't necessarily mean those are the records we're going to give over to the requester. Because <coughs> some of them might be public and some of them might be exempt for some reason. Um, and, and that's okay. And then obviously we have our non-responsive records, which is pretty self-explanatory. So um, one thing I would note at this point is that municipalities are not obligated to create records in response to a right to know request. So just like you're not obligated to answer questions or requests for information, you're also not obligated to create records. So for example, and this is something we see all the time, please provide me with a list of employees, their salary, their home address, their phone number, when they were hired, blah, 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 blah. I would like this in Excel form. I would like this to be an electronic record. We see that all the time. There is no obligation under the right to know law to create that list. Now, that being said, that information 
salary information, home address, which is exempt by the way, but phone numbers, things like that, probably exist in other records that you have. And municipalities are obligated, unfortunately, to provide those records if they're responsive to a request like that. And so a decision has to be made oftentimes by municipalities. Are we going to abide by the strict principle that we do not have to create a record, and we, I will find these responsive documents and make copies and provide them to you, even though it's gonna take me 20 hours? Um, or can I just simply create a record that's responsive? So that's a choice that's left up to the municipalities. I always try and put it out there to our municipalities that you know the administrative expense of finding all the responsive records um, versus simply creating a list. Um, you know that's a choice that you have to make. So while there's no obligation to create a record, there is still an obligation to provide the information in those records. So um, let's talk about the exceptions. Seven, section 708B provides for 30 exceptions to records requests. Um, and the most common ones I think we see from municipalities are things like requests for personal identification information, um, personnel discipline, performance ratings and reviews, pre-decisional pre deliberations, um, and records relating to criminal or non-criminal investigations. And if I had more time, I would walk through some of the nuances related to those exceptions um, because they can get tricky as well. Um, unfortunately, it's not as simple as you know black and white reading of the statute, but um, just understand that there are a lot of exceptions for public records out there. So um, it's worth checking, you know, if, if, especially if you have a voluminous request um, and you can immediately deny it right off the bat because you know a lot of those records are exempt. So the last thing, like I said, um, privileged document would be exempt and is not a public record. So those are things like memoranda from your solicitor, um, in emails to your solicitor seeking legal advice. That does not mean that if you CC your solicitor on an email that it is privileged. <laughs> it might be privileged if it's in connection with some kind of litigation, you're discussing a strategy or whatever, but just simply CCing your solicitor on an email does not make it privileged. It has to be in furtherance of seeking legal advice or us giving you legal advice. So I know a lot of times we get those questions. Well, if I CC my lawyer on this, and oftentimes the answer is no. So <laughs> again, like I said, records are presumed to be public records. And the municipality bears the burden of proving that a requested record is not public. And um, the reason we talk about the kind of the burden of proof is because it becomes relevant on appeal. So um, I want to talk about a couple nuances related to specific types of records, specifically emails and text messages and discussions on social media. As Peter alluded to, um, emails where you are discussing a transaction or activity of the agency, the municipality, um, may be public records. And so um, even if it's, if it's just between two, say, borough council members talking about borough business, even though you don't have a quorum, if it's discussing or it's related to some kind of borough business, it's probably a public record. And 
unless there's some other reason that it's exempt. Um, also, talking about personal email accounts. Just because you've emailed about township business on, my, on your personal email account does not mean it's not a public record. If, again, if it relates to a transaction or activity of the agency, it is probably a public record. So your personal email accounts are not safe in that regard. And what will happen is when we receive a request seeking records from personal email accounts, we have to go, or the right to know officer has to go to those uh, board members or rural council members and say, I need you to conduct a search of your, your private email for any records related to this subject matter that they've requested. And you then have to certify as an individual that you conducted that search and provided any uh, responsive records to the right to know officer. So you can't skirt around the right to know law or the sunshine law just by using a personal email account. Um, sort of the hot topics, I guess, would be texts and social media. There's no case law really on this area yet as to whether, you know, definitively text messages, Facebook messages, things like that are subject to the right to know law. But my guess is that they would be if that were to come up. Um, I just don't see a reason why the Office of Open Records would say, oh yeah, because you conducted that uh, group chat on Facebook and talked about uh, township business on Facebook that that wouldn't somehow relate to a transaction or activity of the township. So just keep that in mind. Um, there's really no way to, to skirt the right to know law by, by using Facebook or text messaging or some other means. Um, let's see. So talking um, a little bit about the life of a right to know request. So every municipality is required to have an open records officer. So if you don't have one, <coughs> appoint one. Um, and that person then has to make themselves sort of known to the public as the point person for right to know law requests. So it might be on your website or something like that. And um, that person is then in charge of tracking the life of a right to know law request. So the request coming in the door, ticking the deadlines for response, um, meaning within five business days, we either have to respond with the documents or the denial letter or an extension, a request for an extension of time. Um, and a little tip and trick that Chief reminded me about that I should mention is that um, you, if you request an extension of time, you do have to set forth the reasons why you need additional time, but you always then get five business days plus 30 calendar days. So no matter if you send that requ your, your request for an extension on the first business day, you still get five business days plus 30 calendar days. So that's, you know, for marking your deadlines, that's really important. Um, a request that does not get responded to is deemed denied. So it's automatically subject to appeal at that point, and you will probably lose <laughs> if you did not respond to that request. Unless, you involve your solicitor, which I recommend that you do. Um, and that is sort of the right to know law officer's um, responsibility as well, is to recognize, hey, there's sort of a unique legal issue here. I'm not really sure what to do. I'm not sure if I should give out these documents. I'm not sure how to interpret this request. Feel free to reach out to us, to me. I'm happy to give you some quick advice. I've probably seen the issue before at least five times and can quickly get back to you 
um, but I'm also happy to tell you too if it's more complex and uh, requires research. So um, it's really important to stay on top of your deadlines and not let a deemed denial um, slip by. The reason for that is, is that municipalities have a duty of good faith. And um, how that gets determined and litigated, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think it happens very often, but if uh, you have a really persistent requester who feels like you are ignoring them, even if they deserve to be ignored, um, they could seek penalties against you. And there could be fines involved. Um, Office of Open Records uh, has the authority to impose that. So um, it, it is a good thing to, to respond to right to no law requests in good faith and try and find the responsive records. So um, the last thing I want to talk about is just the appeal process, which I'm, I'm sure I'm over time. So um, the important thing for uh, municipalities to understand in the appeal process is that first of all, make sure you forward the appeal packet to us right away. Um, there's usually only a seven day turnaround on responding to that appeal. Um, unless there's been some kind of extension, and that doesn't give us a lot of time to jump on it. So make sure as soon as that appeal packet's received, it's forwarded to your solicitor right away. And the second thing is that, is that somebody at the municipality is going to have to sign an affidavit swearing under oath that they conducted a search and that they're not giving out the records for X, Y, and Z reason. So whatever the reason was for denying that request, you know, uh, that there are no more responsive records, whatever that reason is that the person is appealing uh, based upon, somebody's going to have to sign an affidavit attesting to the facts. And that's why it's so important when you receive a right to know request to actually conduct a good faith search for records because you will have to attest to that under oath at some point in time if there's an appeal. So with that, um, I'm going to turn it over to Victoria.